Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Pharrell on a bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out. The bad seat, the broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. Here we go with the Pharrell on a bench pod. Everybody's talking about it. They love it, and they can't get enough of it. And by the way, the people that complain about the bizarre stories I do, I just wanted to say early and often on the show today, screw you six ways till Sunday. The more you complain, the more I'll do it. So if you don't like it, don't listen, because millions of people love it, and we don't care what you think, idiot face. Even though there's only one true idiot face in the world, we all know who that is. The head of programming for LoserCom. I had to start today's show talking about the evil Lori Laughlin. Have you seen this lady? You remember her. She was on Full House, the actress, perfect mother, perfect face, perfect hair, perfect lips, perfect eyes, perfect nails. She had it all, perfect children, perfect husband. Remember John Stamos was always perfect on that show as well. Everyone was beautiful. No one ever had any problems. They never had to deal with any issues like death or anything. They just always were on top and had just a bright, sunshiny day. Things were always going their way. Full house. They even had the little twins on there. Everybody loved them. That's the way Lori wants it, right? Well, Lori gets it. Lori Laughlin facing all kinds of prison time. For trying to get her young daughter into USC illegally. Court documents have appeared now that show her fake bio and fake resume, falsely claiming that the daughter, whose name is redacted from the court filings, she allegedly won a bevy of bronze, silver, and gold medals in crew competitions around Cali between 2014 and 2017, even though prosecutors say she never rode on a team ever. Among the phony honors, 
two top 15 finishes at the famed head of the Charles Regatta competition in Boston, one of the world's largest rowing events. (laughs) Who in their right mind lies about their daughter being a rowing champion in one of the biggest (laughs) rowing events in the world? (laughs) You got to be sick. I want to go out with this lady. It describes a daughter as highly talented, a coxswain who excels at direction and steering and has been successful in both men's and women's boats. I mean, doing what on a boat? Like, tacking? She's never rowed a boat, I know that. Maybe laid out on a boat? She probably laid out on a yacht in cons. <laughs> Her sister is currently on the roster and fills the position of the number four boat. That's another lie. Prosecutors revealed the fake credentials which were submitted to USC's athletic subcommittee as they blasted Laughlin's recent claims to federal officials that it should be forced to turn over witness interview transcripts because they improperly withheld exculpatory evidence. I mean, this is crazy. Laughlin and her fashion designer husband are fighting charges. They illegally paid $500,000 to get their daughters into USC as crew team recruits. They've pled not guilty to charges of mail fraud, money laundering, and bribery. Can you imagine? Who gets their kids into college Via mail fraud, money laundering, and bribery routes. <laughs> I mean, don't most people just like apply to college? Their kids like send out applications to like three or four, maybe five, six colleges, and then they get into one or two of them, and then they choose the one they want to go to, and then they go there, and everybody's happy? No, not the Laughlins, and not her designer husband who have all the money in the world, they still had to bribe people. Fraudulent, money laundering scams. Prosecutors claim the full house actress and her husband staged photos of the girls on rowing machines (laughs) to bolster their resumes. All right, kids, line up. We're going to take some pictures today. I'm going to want you to get on this rowing machine here at the health club. We're going to take some stills and some close-ups of you rowing to show the leaders of women at USC that you're a champion rower, coxswain, and a crew member. (laughs) Well, let's fix your hair and makeup and get on that rowing machine. We've got a long day in front of the cameras, girls. And you know your mother. She's been in front of a camera her entire life. I know what I'm doing. Now shut up and listen to me. In their 12-page response filed in Boston Federal Court, prosecutors said that they've carefully fulfilled their obligation to turn over any evidence. They said claims they waited until the last minute to disclose certain statements from admitted scam mastermind alleged William Rick Singer are unfounded because... The nuggets noted by Lovelin in a January filing were from an interview conducted in December. The government has broad powers, but they do not include mental telepathy or time travel. <laughs> the government cannot disclose witness statements before the witnesses make them. 
While the defendants may understandably be upset about the lack of evidence, the absence of such evidence is a result of their criminal conduct, not any government disclosure violations. A woman who answered the phone at the head of the Charles offices in Boston of the rowing championship said results of its races are listed online. We don't have a comment on that. She said of talking about Olivia's resume, the results of the races are listed so people can look them up. How sick in the head do you have to be as an actress, a famous person with money and a super rich husband to develop this plan, (laughs) to execute the plan, to actually try to fool people into believing that your daughters are champion rowers. (laughs) You can't even make this stuff up. How delicious is this? Can you imagine these people with all this money living in Southern California in their mansion, sat around and figured this out, made this plan and like devised the scheme and that they were going to get their daughters into USC via this outrageous concocted story? Like you have got to be kidding me. How much of a loser do you have to be? How bad are these two girls at life that they can't go to school and get decent grades and get into USC? Is it that hard to get into USC when you live in California if you just get good grades or something? How hard can it possibly be to get in when your parents are rich and famous? I mean, is it really... That difficult for two gorgeous, beautiful girls. Like, they have movie star looks and movie star smiles and movie star bodies. And their mom is still beautiful and perfect. And their dad is filthy rich. And you can't get in just on that alone? (laughs) I mean... Don't they let legacies into college? Don't they, like, admit people that are famous, their kids, because they know they have money and they want their money and they want famous rich kids going to their school that might become famous actresses themselves one day and they could always say that they went to USC. I mean, how funny is that? Like, we've had enough at USC with Reggie Bush and all the cheating that went on with the football team. And then all the bad coaching hires that they made there with their football team. And then they had a coach, Clay Helton, who they don't even want to be their coach, that they can't seem to find a better coach than him. So they just keep sticking with him. And then they don't fire him and he does a good job. And now they don't know what to do other than keep him. And so what they do is they have all their athletic directors quit. I mean, none of them stayed. Pat Hayden, Lynn Swan, they can't keep anybody happy at USC. But they got this woman who was on one of the cheesiest sitcoms of all time trying to scam the school into believing that her daughters are special athletes so that they can go to USC. I mean, what are you going to do when they get admitted? What are you going to do when they expect them to be on the crew team or the rowing team? And neither one of them's ever been a rower in their life. 
and they've never been on a crew in their life. The only crew they've ever been on is their shopping crew with their rich friends. When they go to the mall and buy everything or go to Rodeo Drive and spend a ton of money or going to get their new Lamborghini or Ferrari. I mean, honest to God, what a sick wife. What a sick husband. I mean, do you think they should go to prison? I think it would be great. It's a character builder to send the rich and famous to prison for trying to illegally get their daughters into USC. I think it would send a strong, swift message to put her in prison with all the other flagrants and felons and druggies and drug dealers and drug addicts and whores. Can you imagine seeing Lori Laughlin in a prison suit? How great would that be? I mean, that would be a sitcom in itself. They could have a show about Lori in prison, but it wouldn't be Orange is the New Black or whatever the hell that show was called. They could just have a story about sick, demented Lori who tries to get her kids into the rowing team at USC. What a loser, man. I mean, honestly, how do you have your career just go down the drain and your reputation goes down the drain because you do something like this? I mean, I'd rather get popped for selling kilos of blow. I would rather be popped for a drunk driving homicide that you caused. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I have no idea, like be kidnapped or something than to have this happen to you. How embarrassing does it have to be for her? I don't even think the husband cares, but she has to live with this now forever. What a loser. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table. 
with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's a great day that I've been able to obtain the services of 34C, a legend on the show for many years. For over two decades, she is a rock star. She's finally gotten involved in the show due to these spoiled little brats and their fake mommy and their filthy rich designer daddy. And she knows the name of the guy, Massimo. With a name like that, you got to have money. I mean, honestly, 34C, give me something here on the rich Italian designer dad. I think it's really sad that they think their daughters are that stupid, that they have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get him to college where everybody else is getting tutors in junior year in high school to pass the SATs and all the tests for college and these people just cut a check and someone must have got bumped off of the rowing I have to ask you a question. Why are you so scared of this microphone? Now, come here. Now, don't do that to me. Now, you have to answer my question. Why is it that when I put the mic near you that you get so scared? I don't like the mic in my face. You have it, like, in my face. Well, I mean, where else does it go when I'm interviewing someone? Well, I'm not going to break your nose. Do you think that the girls should have gotten in to USC based on just their good looks alone and their rich mommy? And the fact that they are famous and that maybe one day they're going to be famous actresses and they could say, I went to USC. Sometimes those schools are that cheesy that they would want them in just for that reason alone. Why do you have to lie about your spoiled little brat daughters? Because they're, those little girls are entitled to everything in their mind because they're loaded. Their parents give them whatever they want, obviously. And, you know, it looks good on the resume that they went there. But you know what? They're YouTube girls. Do you think that the mother actually sat around the kitchen like most families do? They eat in the kitchen. They talk in the kitchen. They hang out in the kitchen. Do you think they actually sat around and plotted to make them believe that they were on a rowing team? (laughs) They hired a photographer to come over. They put on the outfit. They sat in the backyard in a canoe, a boat, whatever. And they pretended. <laughs> in a canoe. <laughs> they pretended that they were on this big rowing crew. Meanwhile, they knew nothing about it. So the kids were in on it. They can deny it. Massimo just cuts the check. He's oblivious to it all. What do you think happened when they go to school and then they go to the rowing team and neither one of them, A, know how to row or B, probably don't know how to swim. They only know how to lay on a raft and get tanned. Well, first of all, they never showed up at the rowing part of the school. There's no way. They just went to classes. They went to makeup classes. They did that. That's all she does is a makeup she has a makeup line on YouTube. Oh, the daughter Olivia does? She just does makeup and how to apply makeup. Yeah. Do, do I- you think the mother should go to jail? Yes, I do think that Lori Laughlin thinks that she's above the law just because she's loaded. Didn't the other one go to prison, Felicity Huffman? Yeah, she got like three months. Pleaded guilty, where this one's fighting it. Meanwhile, there's evidence everywhere that she cut the check. She had a photographer hire all these people to make it look like her girls do rough. But wait, wait, wait. Should she get more than three months? 
Yes. How much time should she get? A year in prison. Do you think they'll give her a television show in prison? Probably a reality show when she comes out. She'll be the hottest girl in prison in her orange jumpsuit. I do think that she should get a year because a year to her will be like 30 years. Should anything happen to the daughters? I think the girls, they absolutely knew what was going on. They put on the outfits and got in the boat. In the canoe. <laughs> they got back in the canoe and took pictures. They knew what was going on. They knew mommy paid their way into school because they were too dumb. They're dumbasses. They want to be YouTube stars putting makeup on. I mean, give me a break. How much money do you think they could make as a YouTube star? Millions? Maybe. I mean, they're pretty girls, but they're dumb. If you watch them, they're dumb. I think you should have a makeup show. You do your makeup perfect, and you also do my makeup on Sports Grid. Do you think I look pretty on on television. Yeah, she looked very pretty. I like your outfits and I like your makeup. All right, there you go. 34C has finally donned the Pharrell on the Bench podcast. This is a great day, a celebration for people all over the world <laughs> to enjoy the story of one Lori Laughlin and her rich designer husband, Massimo Giannulli. Massimo Giannulli. They paid 500 grand to get their kids into USC. What a story. They got to make a movie out of it, right? I wonder who will play her. Maybe they'll get her to play her when she gets out of prison. She could play herself in the movie about doing the evil deed of sneaking her daughters, both her hot, you know, little movie star daughters into USC. Next thing you know, we'll hear that the Laughlin's have a gambling ring at USC and they have infiltrated the football program and they are point shaving or fixing games. Maybe they're doing something bad with the rowing team and the basketball team too. Maybe the swimming team. Maybe the volleyball team. (laughs) You can't even make this stuff up. Now the one chick had to go to prison, right? Felicity Huffman. It's okay for her to go to prison, but Lori doesn't think she should have to go to prison. I mean, this is unbelievable. Somebody's got to pay for these crimes. So if you remember Huffman, she got out of a prison in Dublin, California in October of last year after serving 11 days of a two-week sentence for her role in the college admissions scam. She was the desperate housewife star. She was the first of more than 30 parents charged in the criminal case to have to serve prison time. She pled guilty to conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services mail fraud for paying 15 grand to the scam's mastermind as part of a scheme to cheat on the SATs and boost her daughter's test scores. She reported to federal prison in early October and was out by Halloween. Must have been rough for her. She was set free because of a bureau policy that allows inmates to leave before a release date that falls on a Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday on the last preceding weekday unless it is necessary to detain the inmate for another jurisdiction seeking custody under a detainer. That's a nice way of saying she's rich and famous and we're letting her out early. She wrote a letter to the court apologizing. She said... Why she carried out the crime. Quote, in my desperation to be a good mother, I taught myself into believing that all I was doing was giving my daughter a fair shot. I see the irony in that the statement now, because what I've done is the opposite of fair. I've broken the law, deceived the educational community, (laughs) betrayed my daughter and failed my family. She apologized to the judge, her daughters and her husband. 
actor William Macy. How funny, because he played the Showtime series where he played the drunk, drug addict father. Shameless was the name of the show. She said, I'm deeply ashamed of what I've done. At the end of the day, I had a choice to make. I could have said no. She said to the news media, there are no excuses or justifications for my actions, period. And I especially want to apologize to the students who work hard every day to get into college and to their parents who make tremendous sacrifices supporting their children. Well, that's not what the other one, Laughlin, is doing. She's still denying she ever did anything wrong. She's sick in the head, which is awesome. I love the fact that she says she's done nothing and was involved in no scams or any kind of money laundering or deceit. She's blaming everyone else. Laughlin's net worth is unbelievable. $20 million. With her husband, she has a combined net worth of $100 million. I mean, do you think she has enough cash to not have to do something like this? I mean, honest to God. How did she meet her famous husband, Massimo? <laughs> well, they met at a restaurant in L.A. They dated for two years and eloped in Newport Beach on Thanksgiving in 97. Now they're very happy together as criminals, allegedly. She was fired by Hallmark Channel, one of the network's biggest stars after being accused of the bribes so her daughters could get into USC. Shows featuring Laughlin, both reruns and those that have yet to air on Hallmark, have been shelved. She will not be returning for a fifth and final season of Netflix's Fuller House. And, of course, she worked with co-star and friend John Stamos. He's not sure if he's coming back either. He's probably so embarrassed to know her now that he's in hiding. The funny thing about Laughlin, she was born on the same day as Carver High. Of course, you see Carver High on Coast to Coast and In Game Live with me on SportsGrid. He was born on July 28th. She was born a day before me which is my birthday, July 29th. She's a year older than me. So she was born a day and a year before I was born. She came out early, a year early and a day, and became evil in life. And I became successful and have not cheated anyone for any reason whatsoever. And I have not tried to get my kids into special schools or into any colleges as of yet. But now that I've seen what Lori has pulled off, I'm thinking it's a great idea to plan ahead and not get caught when trying to scam my kids into a better college. Who do you know? Who do you pay off? Who do you bribe? Can my son row a boat? Can my daughter be a crew member? What about J. Crew? J. Crew is a hair product. Maybe both of my kids can get sponsorships from J. Crew to get into college. My son Gunner is a straight A honor roll student, and now suddenly young Chopper has become a strong student as well, getting very good grades. Early on in school, in elementary school, Chop had no interest in going to school at all ever and hated it, thus had bad grades and didn't care. <laughs> all she wanted to do was play basketball. And now that she's older and in middle school, suddenly she has clicked and is getting good grades and has a studying problem. 
Her studying problem is that she studies too much. She studies for four, five, six hours a day. And she's in sixth grade. No one in sixth grade should study that long, even if they're planning on getting into USC as a crew member on a rowing team. No one studies that long ever. I never studied. I hated school. Studying sucks. When I went to college, I drank beer and I chased chicks around. That's all I did. Oh, and I worked on the radio. I did overnight DJing, and I did morning and afternoon sports reports, and still tried to get laid. I mean, that's all I did in college, and no one helped me get in. I got in because I was a great athlete. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. So I wanted to talk about the Lakers a little bit with you on Ferrone Bench Pod because I'm getting sick and tired of it, to be honest with you. How the media has already handed the championship to the Lakers. I mean, they just love LeBron and Anthony Davis. And what's funny is is there's really no one else that they ever talk about on the team. It's AD and LeBron, and then that's it. There's no one talking about Rondo. He had a big game the other night. No one cared. Dwight Howard's playing his ass off, having double-doubles and 15 rebound games, and no one cares. Kyle Kuzma has big games and a bad haircut, and no one cares. Literally, no one on the face of the earth gives a rat's ass about Danny Green and all of his threes. And then Avery Bradley, I think he's got no offense. He's all D. McGee, they don't care about. Caldwell Pope is another one that they yawn over. And then Alex Caruso, everyone has a fascination with this guy, but he doesn't matter. They should have probably traded his ass at the deadline. The funny thing is, though, that the media is so in love with this team Have you ever noticed that every game they play is on national television? I mean, honest to God. You know, the other night, there was the Heat-Dubs game with Iguodala returning to the Bay Area. That was a game that I would have rather watched. The Jazz-Maverick game was awesome. It was a four-point game in Dallas. I would have rather watched that. You know, if I'm going to watch two games a night, I mean, I'm going to watch... Maybe the Kings and Bucks, which was a decent game. And then give me the Jazz Mavs or the Heat Warriors. And I'd probably choose Iguodala's return because that was so emotional. But what do they do? They show the Lakers 25-point blowout win over the Suns, which was ambient. I mean, that was like good night, Irene. You could just watch two quarters of it and you were passed out in boredom. I know that LeBron is having an MVP season. And then so is Giannis. They both are their whole team. I know AD is incredible, but I think it's because of LeBron. LeBron is accounting for 20% of the Lakers' offense, 20% of their buckets. 
come from something to do with LeBron, either him scoring or a dime, right? And then Giannis is even better. 22% of the Bucks buckets come from something that Giannis has done to contribute, whether it's him with a flush dunk, tomahawk dunk, finger roll, kiss off the glass, or a pass. It's 20% of the Lakers come from LeBron. 22% of the Bucks come from Giannis. Now, the Bucks won the game over the Kings, and they covered. When the line opened up, it was 14 and a half, and I hit the Kings. It was a beautiful bet. The Bucks won the game as usual. They barely had to do anything to get it done, and it is what it is. But what do they do? They have to give us the Lakers. It's every night, Lakers this, Lakers that. You know, Lakers, LeBron, Lakers bench, celebrating LeBron. Frank Vogel, the coach, I mean, he's invisible. He's the invisible man. No one cares what he says. No one cares what he does. No one cares what he thinks. No one cares what he draws up in a timeout because no one's listening to him. The Lakers have already been crowned champions, and it is early February. And I know that they have the second best record in the NBA. They're barely better than the Raptors. They both have the same amount of wins, and the Raptors have two more losses. But the Bucs are better. They have the best record in the league, then the Lakers, and then the Raptors. And, you know, it's going to be obvious to me that the Bucks raptors are both deep, incredible. The Raptors won 15 games in a row. And then the Celtics have been playing great ball. They win every night. They've been lighting it up. They've been coming back and winning games. It doesn't matter. The Heat have loaded up. You know, the Heat have gotten Iggy, and everybody thinks that they're going to be tough in the playoffs. The Sixers are incredible, only at home. And I think the Pacers, you know, I had the Nets the other night beating the Pacers in Indy, and they did it. Brooklyn beat them. And so I don't buy the Pacers, and I don't buy the Nets, and I certainly don't buy the Magic. And there's no one else, literally, that I would even consider believing in, like the Wizards, Bulls, Pistons, Hornets, Knicks, Hawks, Cavs, forget it, they're all toast. So I think the East, basically, in my view, it would be a miracle if the Wizards caught the Magic. They're four and a half games behind them when I did this pod. And then in the West, the Lakers, Nuggets, you know, the the Nuggets are right there, three games back of the Lakers. And then Clippers, three and a half back. Jazz, five and a half back. Rockets, seven and a half back. Thunder in the six spot, eight and a half back. Dallas in the seven, nine back. Grizzlies in the eight spot, comfortably numb, 13 and a half back. And two and a half behind them, the Blazers and Dame Lillard. So I'm not buying the Spurs. I'm not buying the Pels with Zion, the Kings with De'Aaron, the Suns with Aiden and Booker, the T-Wolves even with D'Lo, or the Dubs with Wiggins and company, or that Curry's coming back. Their season's already over. But I understand people's fascination with making the Lakers champions already. But I'm telling you, the Clippers have beat them twice. The Clippers are in their head. Beverly's in their head. They have a penthouse, 
condo in their head. They are in deep therapy over the Clippers because the Clippers mess with them. Every time they play them, the Clippers give them fits. And you cannot write off the Nuggets or Jazz or even Rockets with Harden and Westbrook because they can flat out ball. They beat them. The Rockets had their biggest win of the season. So we've already seen them do it, beat the Lakers. We've already seen the Clippers beat the Lakers twice. But for some reason, everyone thinks that the Lakers are a done deal and that the championship's in the books and it's a given. And no one should even try to beat them because they're just going to hand the trophies over to them. And I say my ass to all of that. I mean, already we've seen these two teams beat them. And the way the Jazz play, they're going to be a problem for everybody. And the Nuggets... They're no joke either because they can flat out ball and score from like five or six different guys can fill it up. Now, the real question becomes who's going to win, you know, the East because the Bucks are badass. We know that the Raptors have been unbelievable. I think more fun to watch than the Bucks. The Celtics can play with anybody, and they play defense. Smart is a freak on the defensive end. The other night, he had four steals in a game and a steal late in the game to clinch the game. And now the Heat have a loaded lineup with shooters and Hero and Robinson and a big in Adebayo, Olenek, physical big. And then you got Buckets and Iggy, and Iggy's such a great defender. I think the Sixers are phonies because they can't win on the road. So I don't believe in them. So it's Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat. Who's going to win it? So if I had my druthers, I want to see if the Lakers can get past the Clippers and that they can get past the Rockets and Jazz, Nuggets, whatever. I think the Lakers can get, obviously, to the Western Conference Finals. In my view, no problem. Because they got the deep bench with Biggs, and they got LeBron, and the way he's dishing, and the way he's scoring, and the way he's shooting threes, and the way he's going to the rack, as always, you would never know he's his age, he is ageless, he is playing like he was a young kid again, and he's having fun, and when he's having fun, you better look out, because if the guy's having fun and he's balling, he's enjoying it, that means he's going to go out and kick your ass every night which is what he's doing. Now, granting you, I respect them. I respect what they're doing. I like what they're doing. I like seeing him play. I'm never going to deny that. But to crown them in February is a huge mistake because anything can happen. Well, you don't think the Clippers are going to show up and play him physically and defensively when they meet him, let's say, in the finals of the West? Let's say those two meet in the finals of the West. You don't think the Clippers are going to show up to play? You don't think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, Beverly and company, and Harrell are going to show up to play the Lakers? You better believe your ass they're going to show up and play them, and they have every chance in the world to beat them. They really do. I mean, they are violent, and they play on both ends. They're no joke. And I have not seen anyone in the last couple of seasons, you know it, I know it, stop Kawhi Leonard. The claw is going off. He does whatever he wants, and he comes up big in the second half, and he finishes. He wins, and he already proved it. He took Toronto to their first NBA championship. As far as I'm concerned, everyone contributed, but he was the difference. He won it. He literally got it done himself, even though it looked on the peripheral that they had all these other people helping him, which they did, but he was the reason they won the championship, and then he bolted for Lipstick City. So... 
it comes down to, do you want to see the Bucks, Raptors, Celts, or Heat in it? I think the Heat will eventually get beat. I'm not buying them. I don't think they're better than the Raptors or the Bucks. I think the Celtics could have problems with the Heat. And I don't really believe that the Celtics can beat the Bucks. So I think the Celtics might have a shot against the Raptors. So I think the East is frankly going to come down to the Bucks and Raptors, if you ask me. And then the outside looking in is Celts Heat. So Bucks Raptors, who do you take? I think the Bucks are the most dangerous team in baseball. I think they will win the East. I think they will get it done. I think they will go to the NBA Finals. And if the Lakers get there. I actually think the Bucks can give them problems. I think the Bucks can beat them. I really do. I think the Bucks are deeper. I think they're better defensively. And I think Budenholzer, frankly, is a better coach than Vogel. I mean, Vogel's lucky even got the job. They wanted everybody else. It all fell through. And eventually they just took him and said, all right, you're the coach. Just don't screw this up. That's basically the gig that he got, right? So... I want to see a series, Bucks lakers bring it on, and we'll see who's a badass. I think Giannis is unstoppable. I think AD is a freak, and we already know LeBron can't be denied. Is LeBron going to win another championship against Giannis? Is he going to get his fourth? I guess time will tell, but let's not crown him now, shall we? Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. I got to tell you, I love the stones on Trevor Bauer. How about this guy? Baseball is allegedly planning to change the playoff format, add some more teams to the playoff. Honestly, right now we know what it is. It's 10 teams. They want to make it 14 teams. We'll get into that in a minute, but just the fact that Baseball is thinking about changing the entire thing. Had Trevor Bauer in a tizzy, and he just came right out with it. He said, quote, No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it, so I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd. For too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. That is fantastic. I mean, I love it. You know why he can get away with that and say that about the commissioner of baseball? Because he has so much Farellin cash that it doesn't matter if he gets fined. It doesn't matter if the commissioner doesn't like it. Baseball players have so much money that they don't care what anyone tells them. They'll say whatever they want, whenever they want, to whoever they want, and they'll get away with it. What are they going to do? Put Trevor Bauer in prison and Rob Manfred doesn't like it? Rob Manfred has done so many things that are bizarre and his continued treatment of Pete Rose is a joke. 
and is letting the players off the hook from the Astros and Red Sox for the cheating scandals in the World Series, that makes him absolutely pathetic. He really is pathetic. And so I think Bauer calling him a joke is dead on. I really do. So baseball mulling significant changes to its postseason, allegedly, including increasing the number of teams, as I mentioned, from 10 to 14, and adding a reality TV-type format to determine which team plays each other in an expanded wildcard round. Baseball is considering a move in which each league would have three division winners, four wildcard teams, and making the postseason starting in 2022. The best team in the league would receive a bye into the division series. The two remaining division winners and the wildcard team with the best record of the four would host all games of a best of three in the opening round. So they would host all three games. Once the teams clinch and the regular season ends, the plan gets a little congested, if you will. The division winner with the second best record would select its wildcard opponent from three wildcard winners not hosting a series. So the division winner with the second best record gets to choose who they play. The division winner with the worst record would then choose its opponent from the remaining two wildcard teams. So the one with the second best record gets to select from three wildcard winners who they play. And they get all the games at home. And then the division winner with the worst record gets to choose from the remaining two. The final matchup would pit the wild card winner with the best record against the wild card team not chosen by the other two. The second best record and the worst record. So that's how that would work. All of the selections would be unveiled live on TV the Sunday night of the regular season finale. The appeal of the changes, according to reports, which first reported on the possibility, is twofold. It would increase fan interest and could benefit baseball via a richer television rights package. Any proposal would have to be negotiated with the Players Association. The current CBA runs through 21. Expanding the playoffs is a sensible way that's something worth discussing when we think about it when part of a much more comprehensive conversation about the current state of the game, according to union head Tony Clark, who said in a statement, the winners of the wildcard series would advance to the divisional round. There's going to be a lot of talking going on. We already told you what Bauer said, and now you're going to get the reaction of these possible changes from the rest of baseball and the pitchers and catchers when they report, you know, they're going to be talking about it nonstop at spring training in the grapefruit and cactus leagues. I love the Astro sign stealing scandal continuing to be the centerpiece of baseball. Earlier in the week, former Major League pitcher Mike Bolsinger got into it with a civil lawsuit. Bolsinger, hardly the largest name associated with it all, the scandal, was pitching for the Blue Jays on August 4th, 2017 in Houston when the Astros tagged him for four runs, four hits, three walks, and one-third of an inning. It took just 29 pitches for Bolsinger to think that the Astros were up to something. He said, quote, I don't know if I've had a worse outing in my professional career. I remember saying it was like they knew what I was throwing. They're laying off pitches they weren't laying off of before. It's like they knew what was coming. That was the thought in my head. I felt like I didn't have a chance. 
The Astros won the game 16-7, to and it ended up being Bolsinger's last appearance in the majors. He was demoted the following day. So this week, he fired back, filing a civil lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court. He's accusing the Astros of unfair business practices, negligence, and intentional interference with contractual and economic relations. According to the suit filed by... You remember Garagos? He was involved in millions of lawsuits and everything else. He's a big shot lawyer in L.A. Bolsinger stated that the Astros' unlawful and tortuous business practices have had consequences far beyond wins and losses and strikeouts or home runs. How much they knew the Astros in advance about Bolsinger's arsenal remains to be seen. You know, you have to think the case has merit. Bolsinger is 32 seeking damages in three distinct lanes with his lawsuit, including for himself. He's asking... The Astros to forfeit nearly $31 million in bonuses from the 2017 World Series Championship, with the funds instead going to charities in Los Angeles focused on bettering kids' lives. You got to like that. You got to respect that. He also wants to create a fund for retired baseball players who need financial assistance. We all know what happened. Hinch got fired. The GM got fired. And no one from the Astros would comment about Bolsinger. There's a message to be sent to the youth out there, especially athletes, more specifically baseball players. It was awesome to grow up and watch the game played the right way. We've kind of drifted from that, Bolsinger said. It's something that we can really express to these kids. You don't have to cheat to get where you want to go. Unless you're Lori Laughlin, who cheated to get her kids into USC. Everybody cheats until they get caught. Bolsinger went 0-3 with a 6-3-1 ERA and 11 appearances with Toronto in that season. He pitched in Japan the following season. And with pitchers and catchers reporting, he's still looking for a gig. According to the lawsuit, an Astros fan who wrote a web application to document every instance of trash can banging found that the most bangs took place in that August 4th game. And the most bangs in the game came when Bolsinger was on the mound. According to the lawsuit, there were bangs on 12 of his 29 pitches. What an unbelievable story. And then, of course, Hinch said that it's not unusual for us to have big nights when we put good at-bats together. That was in his postgame that night. Bolsinger also pitched for the Diamondbacks and Dodgers in his four-year career. He was horrible. 8-19 with a 4-9-2. I hope he wins his lawsuit because I cannot stand now for the rest of time forever. The Astros and the Red Sox. I will always say they cheated. They do not deserve their rings. They do not deserve their championships. They are scumbags. I see the NHL is not even close to an agreement to get back into the Olympics. Bill Daly, the NHL deputy commissioner, who will one day be the commissioner of the NHL when Gary Bettman finally goes away after doing a great job making the league billions. Daly said, quote, we aren't there yet. In fact, we aren't even close to being there. At this point in time, we continue to believe that the negatives outweigh the positives. Daly raised another concern by suggesting the matter of Olympic participation might be easier to resolve if we're tied to ongoing negotiations to extend the league's collective bargaining agreement. The league and the players are spending days in Toronto trying to get CBA talks rolling. The executive director, Don Fear, responded 
to the media saying he hopes the NHL isn't moving the goalposts on the union in regard to the issue of Olympic participation with the Beijing Games taking place before the current CBA expires. He said, I can't figure out why anybody would not want to go and take advantage of this opportunity because it doesn't come around every day. We think and have always thought that a matter like this should be addressed on its own merits. And it seems to us that the merits on this one are crystal clear. Very clear. The setback in discussions comes a week after the NHL and NHLPA officials attended a meeting in New York at which the ICHF, the International Ice Hockey Federation, provided mostly verbal assurances addressing many of the concerns that prompted the league to decline to participate in the Winter Games in South Korea. The NHL had participated in the previous five Olympics. They came out of the meetings and Fear said he thought that they would be able to get it done to everybody's satisfaction and make it happen. He said he doubted the Olympics issue will be raised during talks this week in Toronto. The NHL needs some time to go through and digest and think through what happened at the last meetings as we do the NHLPA side. Then again, I was watching the 40-year reunion of the 1980 Olympics in Lake Placid. I talked about it on my show the other night with the movie Miracle. At least they won that Olympics with a bunch of college kids. And we didn't have to use pros to win a gold medal and to beat Russia and to beat Finland. So, you know, you don't want to go to the Olympics, NHL. How does kiss my ass sound? Make sure you catch Coast to Coast at 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern and in-game live from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern every day on SportsGrid, the SportsGrid app, Pluto TV app, Channel 517, Zumo TV app, Channel 719, and WatchStir app, Channel 352, and YouTube slash SportsGrid TV 3. You can catch all of the shows on the Fantasy Sports Network app and the Fantasy Sports Radio app. And you can hear this podcast, of course, there as well. There's best ofs, coast to coast on Saturdays and Sunday, Saturday, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. and Sunday from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. And then on Saturdays from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., they run Pharrell on the Bench podcast best ofs. So I'm all over the place. I'm unavoidable. You can find me everywhere. And it's a beautiful thing because I'm a beautiful person and so are you. So have a beautiful day. Shake it Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams. And I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.